This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible. of this, the empty chair for the addict who didn't know recovery was possible. I am honored and blessed to have my sister in Christ, Lizette, on the show tonight, and I'm so looking forward to hear her testimony and, uh, and talk deep about recovery. You know, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the show tonight. Tonight's show is dedicated to Mark Zarakit, um, who passed away in 2021. Um, tomorrow would have been his 56th birthday. And this is my second year of him not being in my life since seventh grade. Um, and my birthday is Monday. So I, I'm Sunday. So I'd always say, tease him that he was always older than me. So he's missed by me. He's missed by Jim Garrity and many other people um, that loved him um, through his addiction. And uh, he was just one that just couldn't get it. And he is definitely missed. So tonight's show is for him. Um, I just want to say thank you to Officer Danny Sinclair from Newburyport Police Department and the Essex County Outreach Team for allowing me to share our overdoses. For me, it's important to keep everyone updated on what's going on in the community. Um, so currently, since January 1st, um, we've had 991 overdoses um, in Essex County. And of those 991 overdoses, 103 were fatal. In the Merrimack Valley, because MVP ASAP is Methuen, Lawrence, North Andover, Haverhill, and Methuen, um, Lawrence has had 311 overdoses with 26 fatalities. Methuen has had 49 with seven. North Andover has 19 overdoses with two fatals, and Haverhill 97 with six fatals. So just in that community, Andover doesn't report. We don't know if mm -hmm. they don't have addiction in the end over <laughs> they don't report so together um in those four um cities right there is 476 overdoses and 41 resulting in death mm -hmm. and these are only numbers of the overdoses that we know about that police officers or fire have responded to there are many other overdoses that are happening that we're not aware of because people carry narcan now um so just to give you um the numbers and also remind everyone that's why we do the show um, we want people to know that there's hope, that there's a way out. And um, so it's really important that we keep this broadcast alive and the conversation about addiction alive. So those are my numbers. Before I start, I always want to thank everyone that makes this possible. As you folks that are tuning in, you'll see the banners at the bottom. These are the sponsors that have helped the show go on. Um, they purchase their advertisement there, which it's a win-win because people see the advertisement but also the money that they give us for that goes into a um a pool so if someone needs um sober living or assistance mm -hmm. we're able to scholarship them so we're very blessed for bob and andrea Surrett of alternative health care um atkinson flooring uh, big shout out to sid harris and discovering methuen enterprise bank both methuen and andover we love cheryl Essex County Outreach, again, which is Officer Johnny Sinclair. Essex Flooring, which is Fred Orazio. Uh, Greater Lawrence Family Health Center. The Haven of Hope, which is a woman's Christian-based sober home right here in Methuen. Harold Magoon, who was our guest last month. Uh, he's from Lawrence Methuen Community Coalition. He's a big uh, 
a big supporter of uh, me and Phil and what we do, and I truly appreciate him. Um, thank you to Matt Simpson from Meta Addiction Services, which is now located here in Haverhill. Um, title Boxing North Andover, big shout out to Lauren McCauley and Patrick Kelly. Um, they hosted a boxing event for us every year. It's the, mm -hmm. um, to decrease the stigma attached to it. And this year they raised 6,700 mm -hmm. for us, which was pretty amazing. Uh, thank you to R&R Welding and Fabrication. They are one of our newest people that have jumped on board, and we appreciate mm -hmm. it. And as always, thank you to Costa Broadcasting and the best producer behind the window that you guys don't see, which is Lou Lassie. We love Lou. Um, just for upcoming events, we have the first Monday of the month at um, the Methuen Police Department. We do um, Narcan distribution, and that runs from 6 to 6.30. So that will be this coming Monday, mm, maybe not. I'm at a training, so I don't know if I'll be back. I will post it on Facebook. If you go to the CARES Facebook or mine, you will see it. Um, for this year, for my birthday, I'm raising money on Facebook for MVP ASAP. And I'm already at $435 um, that was given on Facebook, and that was um, raised by Norman Vermette, which Norman Vermette and myself, we were the high school clowns in 1985. And, um, and the picture in our yearbook of him and I is priceless. So thank you, Norman, if you're listening. A big shout out to Cindy Berea, who is uh, my soul sister. Um, she is my pastor's wife, and I just appreciate it. Again, Sid Harris and Phil Leahy, always my number one um, supporters. Jessica Finicaro. Rhoda May Latori, Marco Albanese, who was just on the show last month as well, Diane Cretion, Debbie Poole, and uh, Dan Traficanti. Within that group right there, I've raised 435, but I also got a phone call from Essex County and Newburyport Police Department, and they gave me $1,200 towards wow. this. So I am just so appreciative. It's still open up until um, December 12th. So if you feel like giving, please do. And just sit. I'm very humbled and very blessed by that. Um, so weekly happenings, Monday evenings, we have the Circle of Hope, which is uh, um, ran by Phil and Fran Leahy. It's at the Methuen Police Department, 630 to 7, 630 to 8. I don't know why I wrote 7. Um, there's daily meetings at the Ray of Light Recovery Cafe in Haverhill. Have you gone there yet? Oh, yeah. Okay, sweet. <laughs> There's celebration, Celebrate Recovery, which is a Christian-based 12-step program in Lawrence and Haverhill. If you want information on that, you can reach out to Diana Teal. And if you're looking to have some fun, like, you know, just fun and exercising, um, we have aerobics at the Methuen Police Department on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's from 5.30 to 6.30. It is so fun. We are from ages, I don't know, maybe 20 to 80 that go. You work at your own pace. Um, the first class is free, and then after that, it's $10. So anyone that wants to sweat off some pounds, come and have some fun, um, we would love to have you there. Um, and I think that's what I have for events. I'm going to go over the resources at the end of the show to make sure that everyone knows about where they can go for recovery. So... I think with um, that being said, I'm going to hand it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself and lovely. I'm dying to hear your testimony. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's really, really great to be here. Um, I really appreciate the invitation. I, um, gosh, you know, it, I'm really, really 
blessed to be here. It's by all means, I really should not, you know, and yeah. I think about where I've come from in six years. Um, my sobriety date is July 12th, 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I'm very grateful no. that we are a New York cap here. And <laughs> oh, when I yeah. saw that in your bio, I go, or she shows up wearing New York yeah. clothing. <laughs> I, I got a little spiffy, you know, it's the yeah, holidays. I love that. Yeah, but the New York hat. I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I left the hoops at home, but yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. You know, I'm New York through and through, yes. Timberlands and hoops all the way. All right. The bigger, what's the bigger the hoop? The, the bigger the hoop. Yes. <laughs> the bigger the hoop. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, you, they say that you can take the Brooklyn out of the, you know, the girl out of Brooklyn. Yeah. But you can't can take the Brooklyn out of the girl. No and, way. You know, that, that's true. I've definitely yeah. cleaned up. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, it was it was really nice. I actually grew up in a predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood. Yep. And we used to have like large block parties where they closed off the whole street and we would do pig roast. Oops, sorry. <laughs> we would do like pig roast. And um, Fourth of July, we did firecrackers all the way down the block. And, um, you know, I just I remember having a lot of fond memories. Mm -hmm. It was also like the 80s and the 90s. You know, I'd be aging myself a little. Yeah. Um, so there was also like a lot of like gangs too, you yeah. know, so I saw a lot of stuff really quickly. Um, I don't recall like ever going out to purposefully like drink or drug. It just kind of innocently happened. You yeah. know, I was pretty young. I was, I was 10 years old, you know, and I always think of that whenever I come across the whole, Oh, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's a choice. It's a, not a choice. And, you know, I don't even entertain these, ideas a lot of the times because i know my experience and my experience is i was 10 years old yeah. i don't know what kind of an education anyone has at 10 years old <laughs> to understand that what Correct. you're about to do is going to ruin your whole life yeah. <laughs> but you know i was 10 and um it was a, a 22 ounce of beer saint ives in a brown oh bag God. it was so gross <laughs> and we chased it with a bottle of strawberry boons yeah and it was just so disgusting. I remember thinking, why do adults like this? This yeah. is disgusting. But I drank it anyways. And I felt like this <sighs> experience, yep. you know, yep. I just felt relaxed. I felt like I was part of, um, I remember going up to the triple decker in my apartment in Brooklyn. Yep. And I thought when I got up there, I watched a lot of Disney movies. I talk on my hands. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to see like trees and hills and, and all these beautiful things and and all i saw was like graffiti and smog yeah. and and i was like ugh, disappointment right. you know i couldn't even spell the word yeah. you know at that age but um all i knew is when i drink it took that away you know it took it all away yeah. um and i was never like able to identify those emotions so early so you know having that experience from an early age in hindsight i can see i was really drinking to cope you know mm -hmm. um but that desire for more never ceased. It mm. never ceased. And even though I was 11 when I had my first run with addiction, it was not with any type of drug yet. It was with candy. Same here. Yes. Sugar was my first thing. <laughs> Banana nowelators. Yeah. M&M's. <laughs> M&M's. You know? and, and like, I remember getting, all right. So I, I remember, you know, making my first um, pharmaceutical cell on the streets, right? <laughs> <laughs> put that politely you know yeah. i didn't know what i didn't know they used to take this brown paper bag over the 48th street i'm like okay i didn't know any better so yeah. i took it on over there very innocently they gave me five dollars in paper food stamps yep i walked over to the local bodega and i bought a whole box of banana nowelators yeah 
And it was just like, oh, they're all mine. Ha ha ha. I'm sitting on the stoop stuffing my face. Yeah. If you want one, you have to come see me and I'm sugar high, you know? You can't yeah. have them. They're mine, mine, mine. And I'll never forget putting my hands in there and feeling around. It was like, there's no more. There's no more. I need more. There has to be one more. I didn't need them all. There has to be one more. Like it was an obsession. Yeah. It was an obsession, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get it. We had a candy dish that mm-hmm. would get filled on Saturdays when my grandmother would come over. Mm-hmm. And I'm the youngest of six. So like I would hoard because mm-hmm. I didn't want it to ever end, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. and I didn't get that until I went to started to go to FA meetings and really started mm-hmm. to look at that part of, you know, it was sugar. Mm-hmm. It was vanilla extract which is alcohol yeah. at age seven and mm-hmm. then it was addiction but i, I totally get the candy thing yeah sure. it's just like that desire for more and you know today in my recovery what i have to remind myself is that desire for more it completely transfers if i'm not on my spiritual beam if i'm not careful mm-hmm. um i can desire more of you know shopping mm-hmm. you know um sexual relationships yep uh validation you know um food it it can the list can just go on and on you know for the type of person that i am yeah um so i really need to stay like solid in my program you know um but the nice thing is is that it's not work anymore it kind of it transcends right and now it's like my passion i love my life today so I love talking about recovery. Nice. Um, did your mom and dad at mm-hmm. age 10 know that you were drinking? Oh, gosh, no, no. No. So how did you hide no. it from them? Well, you that's know, young. it is. It is pretty young. And, you know, the thing is, is that I think that there was a lot going on at home. Yeah. Right. You know, so there was a lot of cycles of abuse going on. Yeah. And um, when we left Brooklyn, we moved to Lawrence, Massachusetts, yeah. you know, and my mom did that very purposefully you know, for herself um, to save herself, you know what I mean? So I don't think there was really any time, you know, when she was in survival mode to even have the hindsight to to see what was going on as as a kid, you know. Why'd Um, you pick Lawrence? Do you have family out here? Yeah, yeah. I have some New Yorkian family out in Lawrence. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. It was was still nice because we had like my my aunt in the, in the triple decker, my aunt on the third floor, my grandparents were on the second floor, rest their souls, and my mom on the first floor. So nice. we like grew up all running yep. up and down the back stairs and stuff. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I just kind of always felt that desire to, you know, feel like part of something, yeah. you know, and I guess me being from New York, when I went to school to Arlington kind of spread quickly. Wow. Yeah. I had a, a cousin who already lived there. Oh, that's Mikey's cousin. That's Mikey's cousin. Don't, don't talk to her. I'm like, okay, fine. And oh, but she's from Brooklyn. So she had to be tough. Yeah. So I had this fake persona to put up. Mm-hmm. Never mind that I was never bold a day in my life in, in New York City. <laughs> my little sister fought my fights for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was not bold until the grace of God came and said, okay, now you'll be bold. Yes. But I was always like really scared. Yeah. Fear ruled my life you know um <laughs> but you know coming into into lawrence you know there was more gang activity in the early 90s and um still is right still is <laughs> still still is yes yeah i quickly got caught up in that you know i quickly got caught up in you know other types of of narcotics and you know i started smoking my alcohol and sniffing my alcohol and it, it progresses yeah. you know it, it progresses and it happens so quickly um, I remember being a freshman in high school and that was when I first started having real issues, uh, outwardly with my mental health. Yeah. Right. So I'm dual diagnosis and that's mm-hmm. something I always talk about because, um, I feel like it doesn't get mentioned enough and it's not 
for everyone, right? Like not everyone has both, yeah. um, but I can say from my experience, that was the case. So I, I hurt myself, you know, yeah. and that was the first time I had overdosed. Yeah. And it was with really? a whole bunch of over-the-counter medications. It was like with a whole bunch of alcohol in my system. Yeah. And when I woke up, you know, everybody was glad that I was alive. Was I, it your intent? Did, were you no, depressed? No, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I was just tired, okay. you know, I was like really tired of yeah. the things that I had survived already, the yeah. abuses I had seen, the gang activity, the fights, yeah. just the, the hood pretty much. Um, I was just tired, wow. you know? So when that happened, it was really not intentional. Yeah. Um, but I do remember my family telling me that I had asked for Corona and to go to the beach when I woke up. Of course you did. <laughs> you know, yeah. you were, what high through. school were you at? Were you at Lawrence High or uh, no? That that was uh, at the Volk. I went to Greater Lawrence Tech. Oh, sweet. Okay. I don't even know what the proper name is because now it has like six more names. So it's like Greater Lawrence Regional Vocational Technical High School. Yes, mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> We just called the folk. Yeah, it's the folk. Yep. It's the folk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was good, you know, to be alive. Um, you know, but again, no one ever said like, Oh, I, I have this thing or I suffer from this too. Like I was mm -hmm. the first person in my family and a lot of stigma was introduced into my life yep. at that time. You I know? was going to say because mm -hmm. when I do my outreach, mm -hmm. it's a culture thing where Mm -hmm. You folks don't want help. No, we'll deal with it at home. Right. And mm -hmm. I know disrespect. And that's what I say, because usually it's the mom I'm dealing with. And I'm like, no mm -hmm. disrespect. But there is another way to live, you yeah. know. And I just yeah. wanted to let that your uh, son or daughter know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Why is it such a cultural thing? You know, I wish I could answer that for yeah. all of my culture. Right? But I can definitely say. Is it religious? Um, it, no, I think it just has to do with pride. You okay. know what I mean? Um, it, it's it's really hard growing up in a system sometimes that has already kind of worked against you, yeah. you know, so reaching out for resources that either aren't there, yeah. right. You cannot afford. Yeah. Um, it's just easier to, to self-medicate and deal with it under the rug. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people even understand what those mental health issues are or understand what alcoholism and addiction is, Right. you know, to identify it. You know, yeah. for years I didn't understand half of my feelings until I got sober Yeah. and I got sober in my mid thirties. Right. So I just, I, I went with it, you know, it yeah. took me, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I definitely was the first person or maybe the, maybe the second, I don't know, depending on my, my uncle's view on that, but regardless, um, it, it just, it was like my introduction to pharmaceutical medication. Yeah. Right. And this is how my addiction grew. You know, um, I was kind of like in a turn roundabout doorway, one of those roundabout doors. And it felt like I was always changing my symptoms to get the things that I needed to get the things that I wanted. And I found a new addiction to money and power. Yep. You know, I grew up listening that money, power, and respect were the keys to life. Yep. So I'm bumping my biggie, <laughs> listening to little Kim. <laughs> again dating myself here <laughs> but um i truly believe that you know that that's what we needed to get out of everything you know it started really innocently like i want to eat a sandwich i want some now later now it's like i have to make this i have to get out of this yeah um and you know i just took that stuff and you you learn how to flip things in the street you learn how to survive you know and it was this whole like chameleon thing you know like this whole chameleon thing uh, it was like i was always someone different to get what I needed, mm -hmm. you know, nine to three a.m. like p.m. I used to say I was like class president, 
I was varsity of, of every sport I played. <laughs> really? <laughs> Completely overachiever. Yeah. Uh, played basketball, did cheerleading. I went to Bridgewater for one year on a tennis scholarship. Wow. I was a super overachiever because I had to hide the shame and the guilt that I was doing these things. Right. To be like everyone else. And you never got caught on doing any of your sports being under the influence you know i mean i i'm pretty sure i did but no one ever said anything right. you know I, I like to think that uh in hindsight we always think we're a lot sneakier than what we really are oh, heck yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> so um my mother oh bless her soul like she definitely earns every gray hair on her head she's a phenomenal woman yeah. mm -hmm. um but yeah i think uh again it was that thing that we didn't really talk about it and in because of the mental health stuff and the stigma, it, I heard more along the lines of, oh, well, she's only 14. What could she possibly have to hate about life? Oh, she just wants attention. Mm -hmm. or, oh, she's too pretty to be angry, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know, we, we, we're human, you know, right. in the inside. We feel right. things too, and we don't know how to express them, yeah. you know? So it was, it was uh, very interesting um, throughout high school because I never felt like I was an authentic version of Lisette. Yep. I didn't even know who Lisette was, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that being said, adding on some more complex trauma and stuff, <laughs> it was like my identity was whatever I had to be at the moment, yep. you know? Um, I went through high school pretty much like that. And I had a great, you know, high school run. I don't think I would do it again. Some people love it. And they were like, I would love to go back. I'm like, no, no, it was good. It was very stereotypical. Like the jocks were here and the cheerleaders were here. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so um, I, I can, you know, give that to God. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I went to Bridgewater uh, on a scholarship chasing a boy, you know, got yeah. my heart broken. Didn't know how to deal with that emotional yeah. damage. Yes. You know, enter kegs and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I could drink from the morning to the evening. It was easier to get like weed and pills and, yeah. and other stuff into the the um the hall at Bridgewater. It was just easier, you know, um, and nothing against the institutions. Great college. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I, I lasted a year. You know, I flunked out pretty much as quick as I got in. Really? The first person in my family to go to college and I was the first person in my family to flunk out. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it was, it was hard. Add that to your shame. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. you know, I definitely don't feel any shame around it now. Amen. I share these things because right. I am the oldest in my family too. Yep. Uh, I have two younger sisters. I have a beautiful, smart sister, Nicole. She was the first to actually complete college. Amen. She's like an occupational therapist and she pretty much kicks butt at life. Awesome. Um, and I have another younger sister um, who works with um, the uh, behavioral health, uh, no, it's BBA. Okay. That's what it is. Um, so, you know, I don't feel any shame around it. I know that my experience, you know, probably helped them in some way. I was going to say, even either one of them. at the time, right? you know, like, and you that's scared not, them straight and not to you. Ugh, seriously. Like, my little sister, she definitely saw me run amok. I was like, okay, that's what I don't want to do, yep. probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I, again, it serves a purpose. You know, mm -hmm. like my story today helps people identify in a Hispanic culture Amen. who might be the oldest daughter who might be taking on more stuff in the house because yep. people have to work two or three jobs to survive. You know, right. I think other people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, we're all just trying to make it. Yes. You know, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, fast forward a little bit. I came home back to Lawrence mm -hmm. and um, I this is where resentment entered my life and I didn't know 
what that was. It was just anger. Everything for me was angry, yep. angry, angry. It was their fault. It was your fault. I'm the victim for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, and, you know, I had a brilliant mind. I still have a pretty brilliant mind. I, I just sometimes um, like the discipline wasn't there. Well, back then the alcohol and drugs was there and I couldn't really maintain money management. I couldn't maintain relationships. Mm -hmm. I remember starting two businesses and like I ran them to the ground, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> where did these thousands of dollars go? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and eventually I said, okay, you know what? I know what I need a clean slate. I'm going to move. You know, I promised myself I would never live in Lawrence longer than I lived in Brooklyn yeah. at the 11th our 11th year, I said, I'm out. I'm going to Virginia. Okay. Why Virginia? <laughs> I chased another man out there. Of course. <laughs> it was love. It was love, you know. <laughs> Damn those relationships. <laughs> you know, dang those Disney movies. They really yeah. had me screwed up and they had the old school yeah. ones. It was like, I need to be saved. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the new ones are awesome. I love the new, the new Disney stuff. Like we're all learning from them now. It's pretty cool. But um, so yeah, I believed in the fantasy deep down inside. I'm a hopeless romantic. I still do yep. a little bit, not blindly like I did before. Yeah. But uh, either way, I went to Virginia. You know, took a hostage. You know, did really well out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eventually, had to move back to Massachusetts, and this is where I pretty much hit like a, me a mental and emotional bottom. I yeah. think more mental. You know, I had seen so much of life at that point that I officially was off my rocker suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a really dark period of my life because at that point I was self-harming. At that point I was trying to feel anything because it was like the drugs and the alcohol just didn't suffice yep. anymore. You know, it's very interesting, the progression of the disease, how it changes, how it starts off as like an escape. Then it becomes maybe something you need to feel. Then it's something you don't want to feel. Then something you have to feel. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating, um, but it's different for everyone. I can yeah. only speak for myself. Um, either way, uh, after I pretty much did that, it was like jails, institutions, and death. You know, yeah. I'm sober by the grace of God, and um, it's because I maintain a 12-step abstinence-based program. Amen. You know, yeah. um, I give all that credit to God. Yes. Um, at the time. You know, I was a believer. However, he was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And, um, you know, I lost my faith for a long time. Yeah. I lost my faith for a long time. I was like really on my spiritual high horse. Enter the arrogant stage of the ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all or nothing thinking. I am everything or I am nothing. I should just die today. Or I am the hottest thing ever to live. Yeah. It's so un unbalanced. And, mm -hmm. um. And it was that way for me, you know, it, I lost my faith for a long time. I studied all this sacred geometry and hmm. spiritual stuff. You know, I read the secret, yeah. had rocks in my bra and I was burning stage. Like <laughs> I can manifest everything I want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to say that some people might not be able to do that. Yeah. I believe in the power of the Holy spirit. I believe Man. that we can do amazing things, yes. but I don't believe that power is necessarily mine. <laughs> You know, um, to each to each his own, and I, I like to respect everyone's pathway to recovery. I just kind of laugh at myself. You know, I laugh at how spiritually arrogant I was yeah. in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think laughter kind of to this day really saves my butt. You know, on my social media, I use a lot of memes and humor to laugh at some of the darker things because yes. it heals. Absolutely agree. Yeah, laughter. And if we heals. don't laugh at it, 
will mm-hmm. be in the fetal position on the floor crying. Crying, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Like I've, I've cried. I've yeah. cried plenty. God yeah. knows I've cried, and yeah. I can laugh today. Yes. I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you go into treatment? Did you do a detox? So I went into my last run, uh, went to Anna Jake's. I actually got what? sections, so I technically didn't. Who you? <laughs> um my ex, one of my exes, okay. I just say, yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. So it wasn't mom. Cause at this point <laughs> no. she's still just not even no. acknowledging. My poor mother, like I said, she couldn't get a rain on me. Okay. You know what I mean? I was wild. Um, I just was not, I would come home late, you know, it just, uh, yeah, she earned every gray hair on her. Head. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> do you have kids? I do not. Right? I do not. <laughs> Because that's where, like, I didn't mm-hmm. have a kid because my mother kept on saying, may you have one just like you. And I'm like, instant birth control. <laughs> not really even going to do control. it. Yes. <laughs> a mini you? Could oh, you handle yeah. it? <laughs> I, I don't know if I could. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if I could. And honest to goodness, I am completely content not having yeah. children. Me too. I know it's not, like, a popular thing in society, but I feel like there's so many children in homes that need adoptions and need yep. love. And I've always had the urge to adopt. Yeah. So awesome. I'll have a family in a Amen. non-traditional way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's beautiful. Thanks. So Anna Jakes, mm-hmm. was that your very first detox? Did you no, I, th- I had detoxed a couple times before that and not really realizing the psych ward was like my best friend. Okay. You know, I, I was so sick. I thought that was like a vacation. I was like, you know, <laughs> yes. let me go in there to the place where they have the good snacks. Yes. <laughs> and I'll just spin dry it out. I, I didn't believe I was an alcoholic and an addict. Wow. I did not. I did not. Not even in, when I came back into the halls when I was like 34, I think. My math is all wrong. But yep. like I still like the first few months, I didn't think I was an alcoholic, yeah. you know, like or an addict. Me, I was like. Yeah. I used to cross my fingers. So if mm-hmm. you tell a lie, you're not in trouble when your fingers are crossed. <laughs> and I'd sit in AA meetings and I'd go, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. And in my head, I'd be like, uh-huh, I'm not. I pulled it over on them, you know, because I didn't want to be, you know, yeah. that was the last thing I wanted to be. No one comes into any detox saying, I want to be an addict, you yeah. know, like <laughs> I want to suffer. Yep. <laughs> we usually, it's just like death, you know, yeah. a lot of rock bottoms. It looks like, it looks like death for me. Um, there are some high bottom drunks, right? That I've had the pleasure of, of getting to see recover and work with. Yeah. Um, I am a recovery coach Amen. trained and I'm a few hours away from my license. So I'm glad so. you brought that mm-hmm. up because they don't have the C card books in Spanish. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Because we were looking that's, that's I, not fair. Not at all. <laughs> so I reached out to yeah. um the gentleman in Gloucester. Mm-hmm. What's the guy's name? I'm not he, a big name person. Harry, um, um, Steve, 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 the guy who works with Steven. Steve. Okay, <laughs> so he's well, he's Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him and I'm like, "How can we like our Spanish population mm-hmm. needs recovery coaches?" And he said, um, "Yeah." He goes, "I would consider doing it, but they'd have to come to Gloucester." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Wait, how are we going to get Lawrence people up to Gloucester?" Right, and I'm like, right. "So we'll think about it." But then I reached out for the books, mm-hmm. and they're not in Spanish. So wow. basically, you're telling mm-hmm. me not one Spanish-speaking person who only speaks Spanish and reads Spanish can become a recovery coach. Oh wow! And I think that's a bummer because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. believe, I mean, even though the numbers that I have are different for um. Mm-hmm. nationalities and stuff like that i mm-hmm. that just blew my mind i'm like see 
Why wouldn't yeah. they put the books in Spanish? So I did find that here, here choices through Ginger. Okay. And oh, I love Ginger. Yeah. I took my first C-car with her in New Hampshire. I lived out in New Hampshire. All right. So me too. <laughs> I went through her in Seabrook mm -hmm. um, at the library. I think we had it. So I reached out to her and she said, I can do peer choices, which is Christian based. She's mm -hmm. like, I can do it mm -hmm. in Spanish and we have the books in Spanish. So nice. I presented that to a few nice. people in Lawrence to say, if there's a bunch of Spanish mm -hmm. people that want to do this, like chop, chop, let's, yeah. let's get mm -hmm. them on the streets with this. I'm actually brushing up on my Spanish. Like as we speak, mm -hmm. I, I'm not fluent in the language, yeah. but there's a lot I do know. Yeah. I can have a basic conversation, yeah. but as far as like, um harm reduction names and things like that and yeah. like the tools i'm i'm actually studying up on it because i said to myself this is ridiculous like and and this is not to say this is just one person's you know my view here it, it's an epidemic it's a it's a pandemic it's it's huge it's so huge right now and it always has been where i'm from yeah it has always been an issue in the hood yep. where all of us colored folks are living yeah you know um it is much more prevalent now and getting much more attention because I think it's reaching a different socioeconomic and demographic, yeah. you know, and, and this is kind of a little bit of proof of that. We have all, all the supports in English, but where are they for, for the other languages? I know. Not just Spanish, yeah. you know? Um, so this is good to know, you know, this is something that I, you know, I can definitely build and pray off of. Yeah. For sure. And help for advocate sure. yeah. and, and mm -hmm. whatever I can do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, that's just, and it's such a good class. It's Isn't it's it awesome? C-Car is awesome. Um, really I is. ended up taking it again in Massachusetts because I relocated from New Hampshire to Massachusetts yeah. uh, to do the Massachusetts one. Yep. And I, that's why I met Tito. That's why I met Tito. That's who I was trying to think of. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, Gloucester, he can speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic, you know, yeah. and, and Michelle is awesome. Michelle so I went Simmons. to college with Michelle. Cool beans. And when I see her, I kick myself in the butt mm -hmm. because we all graduated from Leslie. Mm -hmm. And where everyone's like, oh, let's finish our master's. I'm like, I'm tapping out. And then when I saw how fast she did it, mm -hmm. I went. I wish I would have stayed. I wish I would have <laughs> it's stayed. Too late. No, no. Financially, I'm not doing it. Ah, that you know sense. what? That student loan. Yeah. No, thank I've you. I've been ducking and dodging the student loans myself, getting yeah. certification and license after license and certification here. But yeah. it's like, all right, listen, get get something. You have. Yeah. You need something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel that. I feel absolutely. that. Absolutely. I I redid the C car with them, and it was fantastic. And that's actually how I got plugged into to core. Yep. Um, and, and it just, it's been a crazy journey. It really has been a crazy journey. The C-car in New Hampshire, though, I did enjoy it because Ginger went over things like suicide prevention, yep. which I think is really important being yep. dual diagnosis. Um, and we lightly touched on it in Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, it's just that co-occurring thing is so common. Yeah. Right. And I wish we could also see some more mental health advocacy as well as addiction. Yeah. It, it's like, all right, so we take the drink and the drug away. People have detox. Now they're coming face to face yep. with reality, their emotions. They don't even know what they are. Right. And they're completely suicidal. They're off the rocker. Right. That's where I was at like two years sober. Yeah. I like in, I uh, checked myself in with the grace of God and very, very strong women in my recovery program. They helped me go to um, that place in Beaumont. Can even think of it. Oh, uh, McLean's. McLean's. Yeah, yeah, best hospital ever. Yes, it Ma was such a gift. Yep. It was such a gift. Brushed up on some skills, came back out, and I was like, okay, I'm 
I'm going to be okay. Right. You know, and by the grace of God, I haven't had any mental health symptoms in like five years. Amen. You know, to be clean and sober and free of mental health symptoms, it blows my mind. Right. You know, um, it just, I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking about it now, like, whoa, bananas. (laughs) <laughs> did you, when you got, so did you use any type of medication assisted treatment? When I first got out, I did use Vivitrol. You did. And I kept it very, very <clears throat> secret yep. because there was a lot of stigma, you yeah. know, and there's Vivitrol, there's no stigma. Yeah. I think there's stigma yeah, yeah. on the methadone and the Suboxone. Oh. Yeah. Don't yes. even get me started on methadone and Suboxone. I think it's just in that, in the um, abstinence-based world. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. They, a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but at the end of the day, they weren't paying my bills or putting food on my plate. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I just yes. kept it moving, but I got off of that like three or four months in. Um, so that was about, that was the closest I came to it, but I didn't have to be on anything, right. anything else like that. So Vivitrol, we support, mm-hmm. I, I support MVP ASAP. We all support and everything. So for 2023, this is just going to start throwing people off the bus. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I've been doing a lot of research on ibogaine, mm-hmm. mushrooms, mm-hmm. and items like that mm-hmm. because in three days, you can mm-hmm. be off of Suboxone. Wow. In three days, you can be off of methadone mm-hmm. by doing this ibogaine treatment. Mm-hmm. So in 2023, I'll be hosting events and I'm bringing in wow. the first two clinicians are coming in to discuss the brain. And then two months later, mm-hmm. I'm going to have clinicians coming in on that. And then I want clinicians to come in to talk about um, EMDR. Because okay. that really yep, helped yep. me. It mm-hmm. really did. EMDR is huge. And um because I'm so sick of everyone just being, it's either methadone or suboxone. It's method. How, mm-hmm. first of all, it's abstinence, but mm-hmm. I get the mm-hmm. monkey that they're using. It's the devil. Mm-hmm. It's a lot stronger than anything I've ever put up my nose. I, I look at people trying to come off of fentanyl mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed that this wasn't around in the eighties or I wouldn't be yeah. here. Like this the came detox out. detox from fentanyl and suboxone is, it's almost, almost harder in some respects. I've, yeah. I have friends who don't have a quality of life. Yeah. They probably could have. Yeah. Um, and and I, I feel, and this is just, again, my opinion, it's it's temporary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a doctor, though. Like, what the heck right. do I know? Right. So at the end of the day, I really try to keep an open mind. And I'm very interested to hear more, you know, or look up more about the uh, psych, psych. How do you say this? That's what I'm talking about. I the psychedelics. So that's what I'm going to be yeah. doing. I'm mm-hmm. doing all kinds of projects in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not going to be liked because if we know methadone and suboxone make money, it makes clinics money. Right. Mm-hmm, I've already mm-hmm. started talking about it and I can see people going, you're what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because if they can't, if an individual can't get off something mm-hmm. because it's that, that bad, mm-hmm. you got to give them something else. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's just yeah. navigate let's, through let's this. Let's not, you know, sprinkle sugar and it's on temporary mm-hmm. for it, that. It's, it's, the, the problem also with the suboxone and, and the uh, other, other it's really pushed by the pharmaceutical companies. Correct, which is follow the chain, it's, follow the money. Yeah, and, and it's continuing it a broken cycle. So the woman who, <laughs> um, Dr. Deborah Marsh, mm-hmm. um, she went to, when the Vietnam vets were coming home mm-hmm. and they all had that PTSD, mm-hmm. she's like, and they were all on methadone. She's like, oh, this isn't going to help them. Mm-hmm. So she went to the FDA and she said, I came up with this thing. I really think it's going to work. It's called Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. So the FDA goes, boom, here's all this money. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it works. She ran her studies and it worked. It was saving lives. They were coming off of methadone by day three. Mm-hmm. If you saw the pictures of 
what they looked like on day one and day three, you'd be like, uh-uh, that's not them. Like, <laughs> like stop messing with yeah. me. And then so she went back with all her data to the mm -hmm. FDA and she said, check this out. And they said, you know what? We're not mm -hmm. going to fund you anymore. Oh, wow. It was because it worked. Mm -hmm. So she started not her shocked. own company and mm -hmm. uh, it's out in Miami. Okay. Um, but all of this started out in Mexico. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. I've been reaching out to her. I've been doing a lot of um, research on my own reaching out to individuals mm -hmm. I had posted last month on Facebook. Mm -hmm. If you used this type of treatment to help you, please private message me. I want to have conversations because mm -hmm. one, I want people to start talking more openly about it. Mm -hmm. You can't get addicted to it. It's not an addicting thing. Okay. And what it does do is it resets the brain. So, and it wow. goes back to that point of when you're trauma, I believe that people have become addicts because trauma is the first thing. It's not mm -hmm. pot. It's not, it's mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah. I, I'm a, yes, I believe that too. I'm a believer that too. <clears throat> Resets the yeah. brain. You go mm -hmm. back to that time mm -hmm. with clinicians, with doctors mm -hmm. and you heal mm -hmm. and you come back a total different person and then nice. they don't want to use. So I don't, mm -hmm. I, I'm just like yeah. so into this. I'm like looking, I just watched the, um, um, a movie called dosed. Mm -hmm. So it's a documentary mm -hmm. on that woman mm -hmm. who's going through it. And it's basically what wow. I'm speaking of. So mm -hmm. you have that. Nicole Kidman did a Netflix series on I it. Remember which, that. Yeah, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't know what it was when they, they were doing it. I'm like, what are they doing? And I'm like, oh, my God. They're doing the game. They're doing a mushroom. They're doing mm -hmm. that whole reset the brain. So I'm Indigenous looking Indigenous cultures have been using these medicines for years. Yes. The brain in the human body has an incredible power to heal. Yes. You know, um, we're just yes. kind of stuck in a cycle of money and power. Yes. Big Tale time. Tale is all this time. So you're keeping <laughs> someone trapped by mm -hmm. giving them these two things and keeping them trapped. You're keeping them on mass health. You're keeping them mm -hmm. not working. Really? Like, I, I just visualized this whole facility of just... Mm -hmm trying to do this, still have to do your 30 day treatment. Like it's just like, yeah. you're not done treatment. Mm -hmm. And then another 30 days. And then at the end, like I want a job fair. Mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. people to fill out applications and let's go to work and, mm -hmm. and become the men and women that God so intended yes. us to be, you yes. know? So mm -hmm. my, um, mm -hmm. for 2023 MVPA SAP, our thing is um, heal the brain and the body will follow. Yes. Um, so that's kind of like I my love theme. That. So I have yes. a lot of doctors and, <laughs> and I'm doing a lot of work on this because it's just, um, yeah, we need to find ways to heal the brain, change your thinking, change your life, right? Yes. When we pray and we meditate, yes. it's been shown that yes. the neurons physically move, they heal. Correct. It's like, so are you amazing. familiar with Dr. Amen? I am not. All right. So Dr. <laughs> Amen, um, I went to, well, I've followed him for many years. Okay. Actually met him at um, Saddleback Church in oh, um, cool. uh, Rick okay. Warren's church. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he is the one who's all, it's all about the brain. So you can get brain mm -hmm. scans to see, I guess, I think there's six different types of brains um, mm -hmm. and these scans. And basically he heals us from addiction and everything by mm -hmm. using vitamins and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, that's I'm awesome. God gave us brilliant doctors, brilliant scientists, and the yes. opportunity to study the brains and stuff like that. If we have the you know, opportunity, if we have the finances, if we have yes. the resources for it. Yes. The idea that you're creating these resources yes. is really so exciting. So guess where they, really the, guess what the events are held at? Where? The Vogue. Oh, get out of yes. here. Yes. <laughs> so they've been allowing MVPAs app to use them. Yeah. So it's going to be in either January or February. It's on oh, always, always mm -hmm. on a Saturday. It's mm -hmm. 10 to 12. 
Um, I typically bring in um, law enforcement from the community mm -hmm. to talk to everyone to say, where are you at with overdoses? Like the, yeah, they would yeah. report this, not me. Mm -hmm. And then um, introduce any of the new um, individuals who are in um, state roles or mm -hmm. politicians that are new. Mm -hmm. And then we would do an event where um, I already have two women, um, Mary Valfalita and denise and i can't say a last name because i don't know how to pronounce well it's just a funky last name i'd have to look at it so i've been meeting with them on zoom and i'm getting ready to present to the board to say mm -hmm. like this is what they're going to do talk about the brain because yeah yeah your body will follow and if mm -hmm. you watch dosed you'll mm -hmm. see that mm -hmm. her body starts following what her brain just did mm -hmm. so it, it's just an, sense. Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty another way to look at it it is i, I i'm sad to see my friend's children you know zombies I'm, and, mm -hmm. and like what kind of yeah. life is that mm -hmm. you know and then i'm like well who am i to judge maybe they're happy in that life well they can still have it but at least mm -hmm. i want to say that i'm going down to say that i just brought this to everyone's attention yeah. and planting seeds. i've definitely been on both ends of the spectrum where i was overly medicated kind of like a shell of a person and mm -hmm. then i've been on the other end of the spectrum where there was nothing at all it would have been really great if there was a, a a middle in between there yeah you know and absolutely. i mean it would have been really nice and you know it's kind of cool that we're talking about that for the future because yeah. we're having these conversations yes we so are we're a lot more open-minded and i'm really and that's why i'm a huge proponent for harm reduction yes you know i'm a huge proponent for harm reduction i'm a huge proponent for narcan i'm a huge i have yes. at core we keep kids you know and we we give them to people yeah. um and like it's just it's really important to meet people where they're at at the right. end of the day you know what i mean mm -hmm. um really meet people where they're at and if someone comes to me and says you know Lisa, i'm desperate i only want to smoke three rocks a day i'm like all right cool let's let's meet let's, you where you're at let's let's do this let's yep. figure this out together you yep. know what i mean because i i don't want to read your obituary tomorrow right you know we're just losing people yeah. left and right and um as much as i love my abstinence-based program yeah. I am in love with recovery as Me a whole. Too. I'm in love with seeing people do better for themselves and yeah. the lights turn on in their eyes. Yeah. Um, it's it's the reason I, I do this every day, you nice. know. That's definitely why I get up. <laughs> so we're not taking a break. We're going straight through. Cool, but thanks. I want it because you keep talking about core. Yeah, so can you tell me what core is? Sure. So where is it? How would Gloucester. someone learn about it? Yes. Yeah. So um core is in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Yeah. It's um CORE is the peer-run uh, recovery center and resource center, and we just opened like a month ago. Congratulations. Ago. Yeah, it's a BSAS-funded facility, Amen. so um, we're pretty much there to offer educational workshops, social sober events. Yeah. Um, I'm the program coordinator there, so nice. I get the opportunity to work with the peers out there. So if you have a passion or a group or an interest, you know, yeah. I can put my information and reach out to me, and yeah. we can work together to get a meeting started or a group started or a workshop started. Nice. Um, and it's one peer person working with another because yep. that's the magic of the peer support yep. recovery model. Yes. You know, it takes one to know one, teach one to reach one. Yep. Um, so I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Um, it's been really awesome working there. Really, really and awesome. <laughs> so you said it's Monday through Friday? Yep. So we're open Monday through Saturday, actually. So yep. um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, was, Tuesdays and Thursdays will open till eight. Yeah. Um, Mondays till six. Uh, Wednesday and Friday till 5 p.m. But on Mondays, we have our member meeting, and yeah. that's at 4 p.m. So come join us uh, on Monday at 11 15 Parker Street in Gloucester, Mass. <laughs> You'll be it's able a to huge put it. building. You'll be able to put it all in here so that we oh, can have everyone. It. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's read some of these. So, <clears throat> there's Phil Leahy, Terry Moreno. Oh, hold on, I gotta scroll up. We got some. 
So hi, Kathy. I love you. Hi, Tommy. Hi. And Cole, remind everyone that the show will be December 22nd ah. with Doug and Ed. Yes, we were all over that, Phil. <laughs> hi, Cole. Oh, yes, Phil. Uh, Terry's watching. Hi, Terry. Oh, my God. Paul's on. Oh, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. <laughs> there you go. Diane Smith. So nice to hear that you're a recovery coach i had one but i stopped talking with her oh recovery coach <laughs> yeah but i need to get another one in new hampshire but northern new hampshire all right network what is this all about three days i can be off of methadone really do tell oh diane <laughs> just follow me on facebook honey i'm doing all this work i'm doing um reaching out to doctors to find out how to help individuals although mm -hmm. when i noticed on dose <clears throat> now that you said that um, they were saying that methadone, they would have to switch over to um, another drug before they could come off of it. Um, morphine. Mm. They had to do morphine Ooh. because you can die coming off of methadone with mm. putting ibogaine in. So, Interesting. yeah, Diane, <clears throat> um, follow me on Facebook, send me a private message, and I'll keep you posted on all of the information. <laughs> Ibogaine is in clinical trials as we speak, currently illegal in the U.S. to possess. That is correct. Mm -hmm. So it's Mexico that we go to. Um, however, Ibogaine is, um, Stephen Smirnon, in um, Florida with Dr. Deborah Mash. And you can check her out and what she um, has to write about it. So I continue to do work um, because I just, God moves me to. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I'm doing mm -hmm. it. You know, and a part of me thinks that I should take it so that I can have the experience of it. Mm -hmm. But like I used to trip <laughs> and I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> I would be like, I'd be scared to death because yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, taking. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if I, I'd want to play the Russian roulette, you know, right. for myself. But they're it. saying it's not addicting, which mm -hmm. I, I didn't get addicted to acid, mm -hmm. but, um, I definitely was different on it. You know, like <laughs> I was in the middle of a snowstorm driving through Methuen. I wasn't driving. I was a passenger and it was snowing and I started crying. And my friend goes, what's the matter? I go, oh, we had a nuclear blast. Look at all the ashes coming down. And she's like, yeah, that's snow. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't do well on that. Stuff. Yeah. Don't have so. to live like that anymore. Yeah. No, don't have to. So, But that's the whole thing. Like to be able to do this, the research that I'm doing mm -hmm. and not have the experience. And that's why I want to reach out to people mm -hmm. who've had the experience and I've been mm -hmm. putting on Facebook. So I have a few names of okay. individuals that I am reaching out to, to have this conversation with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just a, you know, tell me all about it. What'd you learn from it? How did you mm -hmm. recover from it? And B, you know, would you be willing to talk openly about a, another, another mm -hmm. way to get clean mm -hmm. and sober? You know, well, I'm confident whatever God's putting on your heart to walk through, you'll come yeah. out on the other side, you know, yeah. with victory. I'm pretty so embarrassed, but like... I'm like, you know, what? it's his. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, if it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. it, that's the whole thing about life, right? We have to be willing to try. Yeah. You know, it's it's what is the price to die? Right. You know, I want to live. So I'm willing yeah. to try. Right. You know? And if you're going to live, let's mm -hmm. have an amazing life. Let's mm -hmm. not be just going right. to another thing right. to be stuck on, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I want to thrive. You know? Yeah, we do. I went from surviving to living life. And yes. it was like one of those, 
jobs and the, the constant circle of uh, what do they say? Oh, I'm living the dream. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to thriving, you know, and, yeah. and thriving is a whole nother experience. You awesome. Know? <laughs> so I think there's a way for you to put your information in here. If not, can we do comments? Well, is she able to type in her information? Yeah, she can type it in. Awesome. It's not giving us a spot to. <laughs> Well, yeah. I pop up on That's Facebook right. really easily. <clears throat> yeah, and then I will put it in easy. later. Oh. But what I do want to talk about, because we're getting yes. towards the end, is the trifecta. Mm. Like, so this is the time of the year where a lot of people relapse um, mm. because you have Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And this is the time of year where you're, you might have to visit your family. I, for myself, I mm -hmm. needed to be away from my family for the first year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They were my triggers. I drank mm -hmm. with them. I partied with them. Mm -hmm. How am I going to be around them and not do it? Which I ended up becoming like the cleaner. Like I'd always clean and do the dishes and just mm -hmm. put myself someplace mm -hmm. active. So um, we want to talk about like, what did you do when mm -hmm. your your first holidays, your <laughs> yeah. first trifecta of mm -hmm. coming into trying to stay clean All and sober? All I can hear is that song, Under Pressure, coming mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. on me. <laughs> right? Oh, man. What did I do? It, yeah. A lot. You know what I mean? I doubled up on on meetings yeah um i always kept my hands busy i lanyard or gimp whatever they call it, the chinese staircase yeah. the box i used to do those little yeah. keychain things yeah um so i use that as like a grounding technique yeah um the stress tolerance is a, was a huge thing for me in the beginning yeah because it was very easy to go zero to a hundred yeah um cold things also help in winter so iced coffees it was an iced coffee junkie yeah <laughs> Awesome. Um, lots of sweets, right? They make that recommendation in the halls to calm the yeah. craving. Fraps and naps, they told fraps me. And fraps and naps. It was chocolate fraps and a lot of naps. I did yeah. it all. Yeah. Rather be chunky than junky. I yeah. gained a little weight, but you know what? I was clean and sober. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Um, oh, and if I if you drive, right, take your own car everywhere, put it someplace where it's easy to like leave. Yeah. You know, that way you're not stuck anywhere. That's a good thing to say. You know? Yeah. Um, I always had that in the front of my mind because I always wanted to make a quick exit. Yeah, I'm social, but last to, a point. to leave, yeah, last yeah. to show up, first to leave, yes, <laughs> right, right, mm -hmm. social to a point, and I want to go recharge in my cave, right? Um, so I did that a lot. Um, oh, and always kept a drink in my hands. I love Shirley Temples this yep. day. The Shirley Temple is my favorite drink, and it looks really pretty because it yep. looks like something yep. you know, people don't ask you if you want something to drink because you already have something in your hand, and that got me through a number of corporate functions in the beginning awesome. of sobriety during the holidays, yeah. At corporate functions, things get wild. We have a Shirley Temple. It's like, no, I'm good. Thank you. Right. Nice. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And and some of the other things, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're new and you're not familiar with them. There's things called um, alcathons, mm -hmm. and they're meetings that run 24 hours, um, so that you have a place to go. Whether it be you just celebrated with your family and you're definitely triggered, you get to mm -hmm. go to a meeting. So I'm just going to go over a list of some of the things that we do have. Actually, this weekend, December 3rd, from noon to 3, there is um, a meeting at Cheshire Mass. It's the celebration of the three-sided triangle, which is hope, service, and unity. Um, I will be putting that information up. December 10th, there's two amazing events. So do you know Jasmine Grace? Maybe by face. <laughs> um, Jasmine Grace, she um, 
She does a lot with um, survivors of sex trafficking. Okay. So she oh, will, yes, yes, that's yes. right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she has her event December Wonderful. 10th at Stillwater's Church in mm -hmm. Seabrook, New Hampshire. It's from 5 to 8. You can find it on uh, Eventbrite just by putting in Jasmine Grace um, Christmas Party. Mm -hmm. I am going. I awesome. am bringing a lot of girls <laughs> to go because she is near and dear. She mm -hmm. actually... January is um, Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, yes. and she will come share mm -hmm. her testimony every year. So we are third it's year. It's powerful. I've heard pieces of it. Yeah. It's powerful. And sex trafficking and stuff like that from New York to Lawrence was part of my story. It right. was it was heartbreaking. So it's nice to have that resource. Yeah. It affects a lot more women than we think, and men too, actually. A lot of men. A lot of men. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and, and to get them to talk about it, it's a yeah. little bit harder, although yeah. I've tried to... Um, you know, have mm -hmm. someone come on the show that's male because mm -hmm. I know several mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, and then they just can't do it. And that's OK. I mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's December 10th, which is the Jasmine Grace Outreach. Also, there's a Soul of Shuttle Incorporated and they are mm -hmm. doing their first annual party. And that is on Nickel Street in Everett, Mass. Both of them coincide on December 10th. <laughs> so I was pulled because they're like, well, MVPA set come. But I'm really um, devoted mm -hmm. to Jasmine and support her. Mm -hmm. um, in Worcester, Mass, on December 24th and 25th, there's an, um, uh, an event. There's virtual events that will be on Google. The Friendship Center in Derry, which saved my life mm -hmm. um, when I got sober. It's not <laughs> the same one, It's but it's still the Friendship Center. Mm -hmm. They're on Railroad Ave. They'll be hosting an event December 24th at 6 p.m. and it will go all the way through Christmas evening until 6 p.m. Um, Newport, New Hampshire, Millie's Place is hosting Lowell Bridge Club. Mm -hmm. They're having an event mm -hmm. in Lowell. Um, Concord, New Hampshire is having one. And then for New Year's Eve, there's a dance in Haverhill. Um, there's a meeting in Salem, New Hampshire, and also mm -hmm. Peterborough. So all of this will be on MVP ASAP, CARES Initiative, mm -hmm. Essex County, all of these resources will be listed. And if you have an event that I just did not speak of, um, feel free to private message me any information that you would like posted in regards to a sober resources. Um, and that's really all I have. So <laughs> I just want to say um, thank you for being oh, here. Thank you. You remind me of Jenny from the block. You even talk like I her. wish I had her bank account. Right? Yeah. yeah right. Um, it was an honor to hear you. Um, and you. I appreciate you driving all the way from Gloucester to be oh, no here with problem, tonight. No and uh, again, tonight was dedicated to Mark Zrakit, whose mm -hmm. birthday's tomorrow. I love him. And I miss him. Um, but I know he's in a far better place than all mm -hmm. of us at this time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then in three weeks, you will have Mr. Phil Leahy, with Aaron and Doug Griffin. Um, they run a group on Sunday evenings for um, family members who have lost a loved one. Okay. However, more, everyone's been coming. It's not just mm -hmm. families. It's mm -hmm. even people that are in active addiction and everything. Yeah, so everyone. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. it. So um, until then, if you're in Methuen on Sunday, we're doing our tree lighting ceremony at the Loop 4 to 8. Come by and <laughs> see it. And, uh, and if you feel like donating for my birthday it's still on uh, mvp asap 
um, <laughs> definitely want to raise some funds for 2023 to bring in all these speakers that I'm reaching out to so that we can get them here. So awesome. do you have any last words? Any oh, thank you so much. Thank you know, you. just don't pick up no matter what, man. Call someone. The no matter what. Addiction is connection. That's um. right. That's right. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in tonight. Merry Christmas. Cause you'll see me next time in January. Lou, thank you for this evening. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> Good night and God bless. Good night. <laughs>